Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. I love that little bit of bass. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're back. <laughs> yes. We are indeed. How you doing out there? My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I have... Uh, Matt Stibman is my name. It's our first show back for 2020. 2020. Cam. And it's a palindromic kind of day. I was getting very excited about this in the car. It was great excitement driving in. More excited than you were getting. Matt was going, look, look. Look at it. Because the date is 0202-2020, and I just got to write that down. Huh? Very excited. The only thing that has disappointed you is that you didn't get up at two minutes past two in the morning. <laughs> to take a screenshot on said, my phone, that's correct. Stedman, you're slipping, mate. <laughs> you're slipping. And you're saying that you might have a photo somewhere. I think from... I have, like, all the 11s. Like, you know, the first of the 11th of the 11th on 2011. Anyway, I'll look yeah. it up. I'll, I'll report back. All right, we'll just... Um... Glory in this. We'll all glory in this together, shall we? I think that sounds like a very, very good idea. Uh, yes, Triple R is the station you are listening to. The sun is over the yard arm. Let's face it, with the summer we've been having, I think we all need a drink, yes. unfortunately. And I, and I actually thought it was going to be too obvious to just get someone in. Because really we do that a lot on the show, don't we? We might talk about something serious, yeah. you know, interview someone, and then, and it's then like, just get the booze on. Yeah, get the booze. What cocktail are we having? <laughs> Let's just turn our brains off slightly. We need a drink. We do need a drink, and we, we're going to talk about that in um, a little while. But first of all, we've got to throw some accolades and some yeah. big thanks around the place because we've been away, mm-hmm. but this station has been powering on, yes. powering on strong as yes. it does during the summer. Uh, I would like to thank Kerry O'Brien. Good on you, Kerry. You mm-hmm. looked after the place so well. And then also last week we have to a big thanks to Nicole Caridis mm-hmm. and Lisa Kovac. Yes. Actually, two weeks ago because last week was the Australia Day. But yes. Yes. Filling so, in. Uh, keeping your food thing going over summer, which has been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been. Uh, so thank you very, very much for that. While we're throwing out accolades. Uh, come on, there it is. Yeah. I just jump in that you mm-hmm. might have noticed he's not listening. We're going to say nice things about him. He's not listening. But he's our, not listening. Our no, triple he's, R friend, Dr. Shane. He's making there. his point very well. He's you can see this. In deep in discussion yeah, in the yes, green room. And there he's using his hands and then you do this. Oh, he does good hand work, doesn't he? Anyway, as he's explaining concepts. But now, as well as explaining concepts so well... He also has... He's got a nice medal. He was uh, recognised in the Australia Day Honours last year, Dr. Shane, for many, many years of science communication. Um, yeah, thoroughly well-deserved. Yeah, damn right. Very proud. Yeah, very proud. He's still not listening. He's not listening. No. We might shake his hand <laughs> later on. God, there's a couple now around us. There's Tim Thorpe, mm. OAM. Mm. Shane, OAM. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Mm. Bettina Arndt. Next. Don't go there. <laughs> All right. And uh, look over there. Uh, on today's show, um, yes. we're going to be talking about the summer that we've had, of course. Um, uh, we hope, hoping, <laughs> hope, <laughs> we just uh, did the, the setup call to say, look, hey, you're in a good phone uh, area. And you got the voicemail. Yeah, of Christine Mail. Um, she is the Blazade Vice President and Camp 
coordinator. Mm. So if you haven't heard about Blaze Aid, you might hear a little bit more about it. I think it's a it's a pretty worthy charity mm-hmm. uh, that is there for the long haul mm. after the fires have gone yes, through. Long after the media cycles moved on. Yeah, and uh, wasn't it terrible? We, we were even with <laughs> bushfires ringing the capital that you were sort of almost getting the feeling that in a way. The new it's being, it's being bumped off the front pages already. It's, uh, I don't know this world we're living in. Mm. So uh, it is kind of crazy. So, uh, Christine, fingers crossed. Will you cross yes. your fingers with us, all you people out there? <laughs> Please do, because uh, it might, should make for interesting radio. She's somewhere up in New South Wales mm. in a caravan mm. at a camp uh, coordinating the rebuilding of fences. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, fingers crossed. And then we've got um, Jesse Gurner, who yes. uh, brought us lamingtons. He so did. he's a good guy. They're delicious lamingtons too. They are, from across the road, Milkwood. Yeah, and I actually managed to get a reasonable coffee out of the Triple R coffee machine. So we've, we're eating and drinking well. We are, and also to uh, just to be known that we are also powered by Vietnamese rolls. <laughs> we did a little detour this morning. We did. Thank you, Gay Pride. March. Yeah. <laughs> the traffic was Which, chaos around St Kilda. And get on down to the uh, Pride March if you're in the area. It's always a good day. Good well, day for it's, us. It's uh, a beautiful day. 25 years, I think. Oh, possibly even Something longer. Something like that. Yeah. Right, it's, a, it's a big number. Yes. But it's we, not a palindrome number. No. Sorry. So we had to but, take a detour and we ended up on Victoria Street, Richmond. At Thuk Thang. Yeah. Thuk, Thuk Thang. Um, the best. Best bar me in Melbourne. In the free world. Yeah. Gone. Sad. More expensive this year, though. Price is up. $6. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Still cheap. Yeah, it'd be better than if you go to Chadston, that's Ooh. for sure. Don't buy Bami and Chadston. You trust me. Oh, no. uh, Jesse Gurner um, is going to be coming in. He's going to be yep. talking about uh, what is the hospitality industry doing Yes. Um, in regard to this calamity that is beset us. Yes. Um, you might know Jesse from venues such as Bomba in the city. Yeah, Anyada. Yes. In Johnson Street. Mm-hmm. And the one that I always forget the name of just, just around the just corner. Just yeah, I forget it too. He'll tell us and he'll slap us he's, around. He's not listening either. Oh, good. good. Yes, yeah. good. <laughs> um, and then, um, because, look, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously a little bit heavy what's happened. It's crazy heavy what we've all mm. been living through in the last few months. And we continue to. Mm. So I thought we'd lighten it up. We didn't have any booze. There's no perfect Manhattans being poured, but hell, all the ubiquitous Aperol spritz that we yes, were talking about. Yes. Uh, but our third guest is Zan Coleman. He's the creator of Dining Room Tales. Mm. And this is, um, this is performance where audiences are invited to spend an evening around their dining table hosted by an intriguing mm. and exceptional artist. Oh, it's a shame you can't see eyebrows being raised on, on radio. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. So, it is 12.09. You are listening to 3 Triple RFM. Edith is the name of the show. Yes. We are so happy to be back with you all. Mm-hmm. But there's, uh, there's an elephant on fire in the room. Yes. It's been a tough summer. Well, it is, and I was sort of talking to you. Uh, I was saying to you in sort of almost like a thematic type way that something something's changed in our country this summer. Well, I hope so. Um, I hope so. Yeah. It, yes, perceptions, but it, just the very nature of 
summer holidays mm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That Just the idea of it has changed in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in this town for a couple of footy seasons now and I can remember great summer holidays down the beach. Yep. Somewhere I've worked actually. You know, I've worked um, Lawn Hotel one year. Yep. Uh, Just busy over summer. Yes, it, it was. Uh, this was a few footy seasons ago. I was working in a place called the Chances Are Wine Bar. <laughs> to show you how long ago. The chances are still exist, I assume. Peter not. Danby, who yeah. owned the pub at that day, and uh, we lived in the back of uh, we lived at the back of the pub in a tent. Yeah, right. Great summer, mm-hmm. and then and then it was the Cunha Hotel the next summer, where I was the deep fryer chef, and mm. I worked two shifts a day, seven days a week. Burnt the hell out of my hands because I was just doing. I was a deep fryer chef, so I just <laughs> I communed with these four vats of oil, spitting stuff at me and then the year after that was the Portsea Hotel where I was mm. the carvery chef. Oh geez that would be a very busy station. No it was, it was heaps better because mm. you had these people with the bistro people doing I don't know 800 meals mm. and I just had to get a few roasts ready for the night and they'd come <laughs> in dehydrated and just not in a, in a good in good way and I don't know I'd be filling up brandy snips going yeah <laughs> Big service. And, of course, that was where famously I said no to Lindsay Fox. Oh, what did Lindsay ask you for? I'd like more pork crackle. <laughs> you just told him to get some. I was, I don't know, well, how old would I have been then? 20. So and I went, no, you can't have any more pork crackle. <laughs> and he actually said, do you know who I am? Anyway, but, but okay, we, we digress. But yes. it was that nature of the beach holiday. Mm-hmm. And I think with... Seeing the pictures of people sheltering from the fires at Malakuta, mm. and, those, the and those amazing pictures of it of it being pitch black at nine thirty in the morning, and pitch black at nine thirty, people are on the beach with their horses because there's nowhere to go. Oh, that thing! There, there's a picture of the beach which looked like some sort of Flemish still life. Yes, that's the most amazing photo. I had mm-hmm. to save that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an extraordinary image, and even now. Uh, around the nation's capital, which I hope is a wake-up call to the parliamentarians who are going to go into there mm. in two days' time. Mm. It's Tuesday, isn't it? The it parliament is. starts again. Mm. Yeah, um, But the same thing was happening there. And we've moved into a whole different epoch. And years ago, someone told me that there is a new geological age that is that we see now in mm. this world, and it's called the Anthropocene. Mm. And it's where we humans have changed the geology, the climate, the world. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing a lot of those um, – I'm using a cliche, and excuse me, but it's a Japanese saying, so maybe I'll get some kudos for that. Okay. Thank you. The cranes are coming home to roost, mm. and you can almost hear them flapping on the on the roof. Mm. Um your thoughts? Yeah, we were uh, we were sort of discussing earlier. I wonder whether this is a changing summer in Australia's psyche. I, I hope so. And we've we've never seen we've seen fires before. We've seen very bad fires before, but we've never seen the impact on the general population of Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra that we had this year. Can I just add, just interject, and say we have seen bad fires, and they've been named after days. Yes, you that's know, true. That's yes, but but these have mainly been fires that have been in one state. What we've seen now, we've seen, seen rainforests that are burning, yes. marshes, swamps that mm-hmm. are burning, and we are seeing fires that are happening nationwide. And, and 
a terrible thing to do is to look at the maps and you see these awful big, thick black lines of mm. areas that have burned. Mm. It's now the size of Poland. Mm. And continues to burn. And continues to burn. And so is this, you know, a changing... Mo- and, and the, Sorry, I... And, and the response, you, you know, uh, the, the rightful outrage at the mainly federal government response or lack thereof. And for generations, you know, for, for governments after governments, isn't, to me this isn't a liberal national problem, this is a problem of successive governments for the last 30 years. And like, what were you yeah, saying? Evidence-based? Well, it's, it's, it seems to be, over the last few decades, a destruction of evidence-based policy. You guys were warned. We were all warned. Mm. Scientists have been saying the same thing for 20, 30 years. You know, the, the, we, the earth is warming and it's going to contribute to less stable weather patterns. Yes. And we are, um, uh, we are at least some of the cause, if not all of the cause of that, and warned for decades. And yep. it became and has still remains a political plaything whilst... No, it's, it's become a thing of belief. Yeah, do you That's, believe in the science? Which is a, yeah. a bizarre question. For Yeah, because as you say, people don't... Um they don't dispute the science of an airplane. No. Or any other real sort you know? of vertical throughout science. Mm-hmm. I actually read during the week an um, interesting article in Crikey, and they were uh, oh, they, yeah. they quoted uh, Anthony Boxall, whose name you probably will yes. recall from yes. uh, the show before us, sure. Hugh on Triple uh, He's on Radio Marinara every Indeed. few weeks. Um, on his day job, he's the chair of the Victorian Marine and Coastal Council. Um, and he says, even, even if we were just to stop any further emissions right now we've already locked in a minimum 30 centimeter increase in the water levels over the next few few decades 30 to 60 centimeters locked in it's happening can't stop it and the temperature yes who knows because this is the thing it's we're not you know if you look at the science if you look at the graphs it's not plateauing no we're accelerating we're on an accelerating upward path hmm so here we are. And so we, we, you know, we're not saying this is going to happen repeating every year, but this is starting to become more and more normal. Well, yeah, no, we're not saying that, but we can say that it could be worse. Yes, it will almost certainly get worse, you would think. I mean, maybe we might get a reprieve next summer, but then, you know. At some point. So here we are. 33 people have died. Mm. Um. 110,000 square kilometres or 27.2 million acres of bush, forest and parks across Australia has burned an area, as I said before, bigger than Portugal. Mm. And in a way, it, it seems talking with people that we are now dealing with some kind of PTSD from these fires, mm. like as a nation. Um, and it feels, it feels to me that, like a great sorrow that, that is almost resting on us as a nation, mm-hmm. a sorrow for the lives lost, the property lost, um, the, the, the fauna and the flora. I it mean, is, the, is the worst story for mine. Just the, 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 they're now estimating a billion animals mm. who didn't sign up for this. Jeez. No, they didn't. It looks like, yeah, the, the summers of the past are just that. Mm. So we're going to be talking over the next, certainly today and the next few weeks and hopefully months about the impact more generally on the food industry, it's kind of our, our wheelhouse, and things you can do mm. to to assist. I saw one of many, many things during the week. I saw um, our buddy Richard Cornish there is um, helping out with the Good Food website, Good Food Articles. They're going to be focusing on 
areas of regional Australia that you can get out um, and spend some money. In we the should, next get, we should, should get Cornish in for that. Um, so there's plenty you can do, and we should. And do. we will be, and we will be doing is saying, yeah, mm. what you can be doing. Mm. Um, get on out of out of town and support a lot of these areas. Yes, but anyway, it is twelve eighteen. Did we mention that we're? I'm stoked to be back. It's uh, I got a good cup of coffee. New decade. I got this uh, this great desk here. Matt's across from me. Reading Lamingtons. Reading Lamingtons. Got guests in the green room. Hey, how you feeling? You happy that uh, that we're back? I hope so because um, I'm delighted to be back with you. It is twelve eighteen. Who knows? Maybe we might even find Christine. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see you after this. Fingers crossed. Wish us luck. Twelve twenty here on Three Triple R FM on a day that is a palindrome. Yes, we're going to move on from there. Uh, but we use the uh, the miracle of the t- the modern telephone, and we have Christine Mail on the phone. Christine Mail is the vice president of Blazad and also the camp coordinator. A very very good afternoon to you, and thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. How you doing? Where where are you anyway? First of all, I'm in Adelaide in New South Wales, not far from Tumut. Yeah, and you're in a, you're in a caravan there because you're um, on a camp. Is that it? Correct. Correct. Yes. We're running we're running a blazade camp. Yes. Beauty. Hey, Christine. Just to um, I'm assuming that there'll be people out there that go blaze what? We don't know what it is. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about blazade. And um, and how it came to be? Blaze Aid was started after the 2009 Black Saturday bushfires in Victoria. And it's a charitable organisation that was set up to help farmers who are impacted by a natural disaster. Now, be that fire, be that flood, cyclone, we just go in and try and get the farmers back on their feet. Mm. And the funny thing is, you know, of all... Uh all the times I've heard such great words about what you guys have been doing. So, what is it that um, what is it that you guys do? We help the farmer clear their fences and rebuild. Mm. But the most important thing is that we are there, shoulder to shoulder with them. We work with them. We talk with them, and we give them someone's shoulder to lean on and we make sure they know that they are not alone, that there's a lot of people who really care for them and about them. Are, are you involved in the farming industry yourself? Like, I'm, I'm wondering, how did you personally get involved in this, Christine? Um, well, I grew up on a farm. Where, whereabouts? In, near Warrigal in Gippsland. Okay, yeah. Victoria. Gippy girl. Uh, mum, and, m- mum and Dad had a farm there. But, Dairy? Um, yes. Yep. Um, but nowadays, um, I'm retired. and um, Using your powers for good. Sorry. Well, we just think Blaze Aid's a fantastic organisation, and it's one of those things that it's coalface. It's out there, and it works with the farmer. We don't talk to them on the telephone. We don't write them letters. We don't visit we go there and we work and that's important you've got a huge job ahead of you haven't you (laughs) it's massive it's it's the full length of new south wales on the eastern side of the great dividing range has almost exclusively burned so it's a massive job 
we're here in Adelong and the Snowy Rivers Council has lost 182 homes. Okay. They've had a fire rip through that's caused enormous damage. 8,800 head of stock lost. 10,000 kilometres of fencing lost. and 10,000 10, kilometres? Exactly, yes. I... Th- I, I mean, I don't know if um, folks out there, if you're, you're the same as me, but I, first of all, even trying to get my head to imagine what 10,000 kilometres of fen- I mean, that's, that's like from Melbourne to Sydney more than 10 times. Correct, it is. And remember that this is just one council. There's many other shires and councils yeah. east of the Great Divide that are in the same predicament. Oh, in Kangaroo Island? Massive. Kangaroo Island, um, Lobertel in South Australia, Edithburg in yeah. South Australia. Yeah. It's massive. And then we've got East Gippsland in Victoria as well. Yeah. And and how, how on earth does this charity work? Because it, it seems like almost just so, like such a, such a mammoth undertaking that, you know, mere mortals would just throw their hands up and just go, oh, look, I'm, I'm going to the pub. I'm just going to get a counter meal and I'll talk to you later. But how how, how do you do it? Well, I guess it's a bit like eating an elephant. You start with one small bite and just plow on. If if we can save one farmer some angst, Mm. we're doing well. And if we multiply that by all the bases we have across Australia, um, we're helping a lot of farmers. I sent 10 crews out from this camp this morning. Yes. So that's ten, ten property owners that are getting assistance. And and how many? Um, okay, so you're the camp coordinator, Christine, as well as the uh, the the VP. Um, how, yeah. how many camps are um, in operation at the moment around this country? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Jesus, that's a, that's incredible. It's massive. It's massive. There's just been so much devastation, and it's going to take. These property owners Mm. and this country, many years to recover. This is not going to be better by next summer. No way. It's it's massive. I mean, you know, in a way, there's, you know, there was, there's this um, tale of of Sisyphus who was condemned to push a a boulder up to the the top of the hill only to have it sort of roll down again. And and I'm just wondering, uh, thinking of, you know, fencing, do you... Do you change? Is there? Do you do you change the way that you do fencings to make it fireproof to to stop just having to do these mammoth tasks every year or a couple of years? We do. We build the fence that the farmer wants. Okay. So it's yeah. their property. They've yeah. got to live there and look at it. Yeah. We come in and we help, and then we sail off into the sunset. But that farmer has to live with that fence on that property for hopefully 30, 40, 50 years. Well, so crossed. it needs to be, yes, it needs to be what they want. Yes. And and your whole, um, the ethos is that you get people from within the community, you train people to do the fencing and then uh, food and foodstuffs and things come from within that community. So you're very much about... Um, including people from the community to help, and then also the money that um, gets spent for feed remains within that community. Is that correct? 
very much. We try and look after the community as much as we possibly can. Mm. The uh, Blazade logo is helping communities rebuild after a natural disaster. So we buy the products to build the fences locally. Yep. We shop at the local supermarket and we encourage all our volunteers to buy locally. We buy fuel in, a, in the town we're located in, in the area we're located in, so that we're trying to support the businesses who are doing it tough. It's, it's not an easy time at the moment. No, you, that's certainly a huge um, understatement. How long, uh, just in, in just the final question, Christine, how long do you think, how long are you going to be doing this for? I would estimate that Adelong Camp will run for a minimum of six months, possibly quite a bit longer. Wow. Well, um, Christina, I just want to say thank you. Um, I think I've said on behalf of Matt too. Thank you for, for doing what you're doing. Um, more strength to your arm. Um, Jesse and uh, Jesse Gurner, who's a restaurateur, we're going to be talking about how we get funds to you, but uh, maybe you might want to just quickly uh, mention that. Um, if people well, want to donate, how do they do it? Go to our website. All the information's there, and it's easy to donate through the website. Mm. Well, um, I just want to say, again, I'm, I'm in awe at what you do. Uh, so someone to go into retirement and go, nah, I'm, I'm happy to live in a caravan and, and uh, get all these gangs organised to go and build fences. You're an incredible woman. Um, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Easy on the flattery there, sunshine. <laughs> ah, the city boy rang me. He's a bit... He got a bit over the top at the end. Blaze.com.au. How amazing is that? It's awesome. It's awesome stuff. There are some amazing people out there. Gives you faith in humanity. Yes. Uh, Half the show's gone. Yes. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, This is Eat It. We're we're back. Uh, We've had an unfortunate death. Andy Gill. Gang of Four. Mm. You might uh, recognise the era from the big wet old snare drums. (laughs) I love a man in uniform. Damn right. <laughs> Sorry. It's just so, I've been listening to those things cold for so many years, and Matt's put some music on, and they go, yeah! Jesse Gurner, um, very good <laughs> afternoon to you. It's awfully kind of you to join us here on this radio station. No, we're here to talk about some serious things. So, serious voice on. Jesse, you heard Christine. I did hear Christine. What a lovely lady. I got a little bit too uh, flowery for her at the end, I, I think. I think so. She went, <laughs> fancy city boy, you? Yeah, that's enough of that. Yeah, I got work to do. Yeah, I got the crimpers to find. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, amazing stuff. Now, um, Jesse, you've been um, a witness, as we all have as Australians, to the calamity that is around us, and you gave me a ring. I did, Cam, which was awesome. And you said, um, "What did you say to me?" I said, "G'day." I'm trying to remember that. Um, <clears throat> said, yeah, I just yeah, you want to come into the restaurant because we want to do something. What, oh, who is Jesse? Okay, that's a fair. Fair enough. <laughs> Jesse, who are you? You're a restaurateur of some note. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cook. You're a Cam. cook. I like it. Look at that. Um, you're, like you're doing a Christine on me. Yeah, I've got a I've got a couple of restaurants. We've got Bomba in the city and Anyada and, and Namada. And what's the one on on the street down the road here? Uh, Namada 
and then oh no no I've sold that one down the street. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, okay, but, we don't have to worry about it. Because uh, <laughs> I can never remember the name of it. Yeah, um, okay. yeah and you know, so, look, we we um, restaurateur Matt. Thanks. That's two right. two thumbs up. We just gave to each other. We've achieved good communication for radio. Strong communication. I'm, I'm, I'm picking this up. We haven't yeah. done this for a few weeks. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, so, yeah, you gave me a ring because you thought, um, look, we need to get – maybe we should get a few people together, yeah? That was yeah. basically well, it. Yeah, well, as a lot of us were, I was – Went on holidays up to Lake Macquarie for um, for Christmas. Where's Lake Macquarie? Again? It's it's up like just below Newcastle, above Sydney. Oh bloody hell! Okay, and so you're, we on, drove you're on through, the south coast we've been speaking of. Yeah, yeah. we drove like a, saw a lot of the fires south of Canberra and yes, and it was just smoke everywhere. And it was sort of you know quite scary and sort of trying to exp- explain to my boys what was going on to and the kids, yeah. yeah, and sort of um <clears throat> and kind of felt. In the city, as a cook as well, where we rely so much on a lot of the country to buy our produce and all our food and wine and, this and everything. Is, this is one of the great things of the industry is that it's very visceral and it understands the yeah. people on the land, how they grow, and there's a lot of relationships that have been made over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I kind of felt a little bit useless, I suppose, being mm. in the city and sort of, you know, on holidays on a lake and yeah. all that and and <clears throat> and just chatting to to you and and Scott Pickett and all the guys, Kelly and Shane and yes. Andrew at, at Bomber. Yes. Um and we just really wanted to to put something together. Uh, we were gonna do like an event or something but then we thought like, well let's you know this isn't gonna be over this week or next week mm. you know these poor people and animals and areas have going through something that's going to be around for a long time so we wanted to yeah. instead of like putting an event on that friday you know early january we wanted to slow down a little bit and think about it and try and sort of you know get get some of the troops together within the industry and put on something called Feb Fire Fund, which is a, uh, a fund that raises money over February, you know, for any hospitality venue or any venue, really. Yeah, you can, and you can just – the idea was that you can just um, – An umbrella thing for all the industry to get around yep. or under and to put on either an offer or whatever. It's like uh, Katarina's uh, – Katarina Borsato, God bless you. She's saying, all right, well uh, – we sell lots of mineral water because, you know, we big corporate-y things. So, yeah. you know, when they go flat or fizzy, the corporates go, ah, oh, fizzy, thank you very much. Of course. I'm an expensive car. <laughs> um, so, but a dollar from each one of those will go to... Yeah, which is amazing. And and, and we decided to do Blazade. Yeah. As, well, as you were involved, we had a look into the charities and yeah. there's a lot of great people doing, you know, wonderful work out there, but we thought Blazade... You know, stick around, and they help people. They're out there now with the fences, you know. And speaking to some of the farmers that survived the fires, they were like, you know, they were <clears throat> talking about the trauma of going through the fires and surviving and making sure. Well, the guy that I spoke to luckily saved a lot of his animals. Yeah, and then oh, it was really? like, then he was like, yeah, but the issue now is all my animals are running all over the roads. Like, first thing we need is really is fences. You know, and then, there's, and there's then, secondly, you know, we need some feed, and oh my god, there's yeah. just the just the horrors that they've. I, I don't know how these people get out of bed. I really don't. You yeah, know? It's, look, it's and, and my hat. So if I was wearing a hat, I'd 
take my hat off to them. But um, it has to be said that, you know, we what you are doing is just part of um, the industry and, and the response to it. Like there Absolutely. have been events everywhere. So I would say if you want to help, Keep your ear to the ground because uh, just the other night I did an awesome event at uh, Leonardo's in Drummond Street. Yep. Nick Stanton, um, the crew from Oak Ridge were there. Matt and Joe were there. Yeah, um, restaurants for, for relief. There's a good way it, to get on Insta and Facebook and, and all that. That's, that's that's a hashtag to look at. Matt, maybe you won't want to write that way. Here he goes. Um, you always know something's interesting has been said when Matt starts writing. Um, yeah, Restaurants for Relief, that's a, a big one. Uh, the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival have got behind that. Yep. That money is going to be going to the Premier... I believe so. Fighting Fund. Fire Fund or something like that. Yeah, but I think they're supporting anyone who's, you know, doing their bit to raise money for a charity as well. So mm. they're, it's, they're using their... Um, you know their social medias and stuff to help promote anyone so and that's what we're hoping to do as well with um feb fire fund um we're not asking for anyone to do anything huge or or anything like that like we're um tony twitchett at taxi um has organized a dollar a table for february which is amazing okay um which that i think they'll be charging or asking the customers really? um oh, twitch yeah good and you know, there's a lot of people jump on the Feb Fire Fund Facebook page. Yeah, there's a group there. Yeah, if um, you uh, if you've deleted Facebook, you can bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're still a devotee, uh, Feb Fire Fund is the thing. There is a GoFundMe page. Um, yep. It's just starting off. And uh, as I said, this is not done for our self-aggrandizement. No, not at all. Is that the right way to say that word? I think so. Um, this Sounds is right, really Ken. just just about getting some. Uh, some money to people so it's up to you guys um, and the main message if we can get something across to people is the fact that a lot of look there's still fires around bloody Canberra you know um, it's February this has got a long way to play out yeah and a hopefully we can do some good and help some people out yep um, but I think Another thing to think of is policy. And I, this, I agree and with this that, bloody Ken. government has got to um, change. Um, stop stopping there. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> time well, with the weather. <laughs> but, but also, what these places need too is is money. So they need people mm. to go. Everyone needs to go to Gippsland. Okay. You yes. know the open esky thing. You know what's just, the open esky thing? Well, I've just seen it banging around simple, on social media, but basically, yeah, you grab your esky and you get in your car and drive and spend. Yeah, within or, a community, or, or even get on a train or a bus or something if there's mm -hmm. a winery you're going to. But but yeah, just go and spend, go and then the have a look at some of these events, the community events that they do have coming up. Um, is it the Bucking Races coming yep. up in Feb, early Feb, twelfth mm -hmm. or something? No, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I knew, but it's it's around about this time of year. Yeah, there's a few interesting things. You know, like that's where they need the support because a go lot to, of these... Go to, go to, um, go to uh, what's next to uh, Meetung? Painesville. Go to, yeah. go to Sardine. Uh, go into Bansdale and um, go and eat out eat there. Pie. Eat a pie or a Northern Ground. Northern yep. Ground, a May Rod Barbary. Yeah, um, yeah. Great food is there. Uh, there's wineries to go and visit. There's there's things to do to help support when it's safe and appropriate to do so. It has to be said. I'm not, and I'm not quite sure. Are the trains running to Gippsland? 
Have they? We don't know. Okay. Uh, it's a well, blank around the <laughs> <team>. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think great, great radio. <laughs> great radio. So, uh, again, it is yeah. uh, the Feb Fire Fund. Yeah, so the Feb Fire Fund, basically how it works is a is a restaurant or a bar or fish and chipper or whatever comes up with an idea. Or a, or a punter out there. You might, yeah, you, you might, can actually you know. go just straight to Blaze Aid and donate or yes. you can go to the Feb, Feb Fire, Fire Fund, Fund GoFundMe Go page and um, put some money in there too. Mm. Yeah, look, have a read about it. I mean, hopefully you all heard about Blaze Aid. We did, you know... a a week of research into what we into these charities, and in my mind, Blaze Aid in Gitsland are just doing amazing work. I've you never, know. in all the time I've heard about what they do, I've never heard a bad word. About yeah, you them. speak to everyone, and everyone's like, Blaze Aid, great. And I've heard some. Um, it's it's good to hear good words about things. Yes. Yeah, rather than let's leave that on a positive, shall we? <laughs> uh, it is twelve forty-five. Um, you want to hang around for the, um, the the next interview, Jesse? I'd love to. Because we're going to have a chat to Zan Coleman, who's doing Dining Room Tales, um, a gig that has taken him all around the world. And it's a beautiful marriage. It's a marriage between the art of the conviviality of the table and really intriguing and exceptional artists coming together for performances. So uh, once we get all promos and things out the way and I race out the studio <laughs> to grab our guest, we'll be speaking to Zan. Jesse, good on you, mate. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Indeed, 12.47 uh, across from me, I have Zan Coleman. A very, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me. Dining Room Tales, something yeah. that's been going for a while and I've seen you do 84 performances here in Melbourne, some pretty cool places, London, Hong Kong, Sao Paulo, Helsinki, Frankfurt, Yokohama, Belo Horizonte. Where's that? Uh, it's uh, in Brazil. Uh, yeah. If you do a... Belo, uh, that means good... Uh, beautiful, beautiful horizon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful horizon. Yeah. Nice. Osaka and across Australia. Um, the idea is this collaboration between eating and conviviality and performance. That's right. How did you come up with this? What was the genesis of this idea? Well, that's a fairly mundane story, but I'm happy to tell it. I Was Was it an epiphany? Uh, uh, I, oh, well, depends no. on how you view your life. Perhaps it was. <laughs> I was uh, I was standing at my kitchen bench. Uh, yes. I've got one of those fairly standard, you know, 2000s yeah. kind of kitchen renovation with the yeah. kitchen bleeds out into the dining room. Oh, yeah. Big open o- open big, plan. Open plan, right? Yeah. Big island bench and I was Expensive there, to heat. And, yeah. Pre- yeah, painful, but... Yeah. Pre- Preparing my dinner, I don't even remember what I was cooking right now, uh, yeah. but I was looking over at my empty dining room table and just thought to myself, I could be talking to an audience right now about something or other. You visualised it. Uh, I I visualised it in some mm. sense, so maybe that was an epiphany. Um, yeah. But then I, I sort of started to think about how one uh, yeah, might how, work with that idea. How do I go about this? chased down some artists that I thought would be interesting to talk to and mm. with and about and... Uh, Who were your first ones? Who were your first uh, the, ones? The, the, the guinea pigs, first shall we say? Artist I worked with uh, came to came to talk to you. I'm pretty sure half a dozen years or so ago. Her name is Neda Rahmani. She uh, came to Australia in '79 as a two-year-old refugee from Persia after the Iranian Revolution. Yes. Her mother is Mauritian. Her father was Persian, and 
mixed nationality families weren't all the rage then when the Ayatollahs came to power, so they they got out of no, there. We, we like a little bit of purity in our blood. And so, and she's a, just a, a go-getting, fantastic uh, uh, musician and member of the local multicultural music community, yeah. uh, bringing up lots of other wonderful artists, but has this amazing story of her own to tell. Um, cooks wonderful food. Uh, <laughs> tick, tick, hello. You know, uh, but more than that, I think has this just has this perfect generosity of spirit, which I think is almost more important than any of the other stuff because we're ultimately talking about people who want to bring other people together and share life and, uh, you know, encourage, uh, and encourage us all to be a bit more human with each other, I think. So that's kind of the central... And we can use that in 2020. I Don't re- need hindsight for that. No, no, well... <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been watching this uh, this show on SBS. Uh, I forget the name of it, where Emma Thompson um, becomes the sort of the right wing leader of a near future Britain, and everything's kind of going to pot. Mm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it feels all plausibly real. Yeah, but we need. Uh, I, I think one of the real uh, yes, there's great art happening. There's great food happening with dining room tales. But I think one of the, the the real drivers of it is to try and create some conditions where we spend some slow time with other people and just be human and implore the generosity of spirit. Yeah, exactly. And live and 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 inhabit that for a certain amount of time. Several hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. It's taken you all over the world, which I think is is great, and I, I think it's wonderful that someone can have a creative life and make that a life. So congratulations to you for being able to do that. I'll take the pat on the back, but of course there are invariably many other things that one has to do to survive yeah, in the I'm, art world, but um, look, I'm pretty I'm happy you. to have gone this far. Yeah. Um, and I guess I couldn't have done it really unless I felt like I'd found the thing that was important to me and of value to me. I mean, I come from a, an art background, uh, more formal theatre and classical music and stuff, but uh, uh, I think just the, 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 the importance of people is what I'm interested in most. And this is a really lovely, lovely form, you know, artists sharing their life, their practice, their, you know, their, their curiosities, um, around food that they've prepared and designed for their fellow man to come and sit down and, and break with them. Who are the uh, who are the artists that are going to be performing for, for this series? So next week uh, I'm welcoming Jürgen Fritz from Germany. I don't think you get a more Germanic name than Jürgen. Jürgen Fritz, um, yeah. Jürgen is, a, is an incredibly well, uh, well-regarded performance artist, a real old-school um whose work is all about uh, uh, action and what is possible from action in the moment that it happens if it's fully explored. There's no... Oh, that sounds very German. I'd like to hear him say that. no rehearsal. There's no, mm. you know, uh, it's not theatrical in any sense. It's about what can happen in the moment and in the space between people who are doing their thing. And um, he's using material as a metaphor for that, yeah? Yeah. So a lot of his work is, I guess, about creating settings and uh, within which these... 
uh, actions can play out or um uh, and in this collaboration that we we made together a couple of years ago in uh, Germany and Finland we worked with his his partner who's an installation artist uh and made what is uh i guess metaphorically a giant tablecloth that uh, mm. the whole audience inhabits um yeah. uh, tablecloths with holes for the arms <laughs> and the head that's right yeah. uh, and so uh by virtue of kind of being stuck to each other a little bit in the sense that if I move um, sitting next to uh, I'm sitting next to you guys you all mm. feel my movement a little bit it's not so constrained that yes. we're imperiled but um, mm. uh, we kind of have to work together to enjoy our space so there's a constraint so what happens with our understanding of each other and a physicality in a place and that's kind of what embodies is embodied in his practice and we're experiencing that a bit and how does the actual um, uh, production go so is he producing food while he's talking and doing his his no, thing not, or is not explicitly or is, or is the food already prepared like you know the name of the show is eat it so you know yeah, you're yeah. not talking to richard here so we've got to be interested a little bit about the the food no, no, totally. How, how's the food component work in this well you, you you you've you've cooked a, you've cooked a meal for 10 people coming over to your house once or twice i imagine cam yeah, uh, yeah. invariably you do a fair bit of the organizing in advance because you can't be completely stuck in the kitchen but you also want to be a bit in the kitchen when they're there because it's fresh yeah, and it's yeah, sure alive yeah, yeah. Uh, and sharing part of that process is part of the game so mm. similar kind of idea here we've got 20 to 30 people we need to be prepped we need to be ready um uh, but the idea is that it's kind of happening as the show moves along that Jürgen's not standing inside the tablecloth uh but he's know, not just there chopping, chopping onions and crying onions. <laughs> no. weeping into the onions jess Sorry. you want to say something can you get some of the guests to uh to do any of the prep work for you or the hold these strawberries or something like that yeah uh, that certainly has happened from time to time um with uh did a work last year the most recent new work in this series with a, a chinese australian artist called uh wang sheng ting he plays the sheng which is a chinese mouth organ reed instrument but uh he's also a qualified um, sichuan chef uh, and he gets us all making dumplings together which is, is pretty cool um there was another one with some uh, European performance artists several years ago who do a lot of food sculptural kind of work. So we were kind of carving messages into burnt pieces of toast and <clears throat> and things like that, and wrapping uh, wrapping food masks around their heads. And really, yeah. So the form of these things, while <clears throat> excuse me, um, well, there's always there's always food. There's always this conviviality, this sharing, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they vary very. Uh, quite a lot from each other because formally the artists are doing very different things so yeah. so uh, yoshio who's coming out in march from he's japan a pianist, he's a classical he's concert pian- pianist yeah. right so we can't possibly have an evening with him that doesn't have a piano in the room and well, doesn't allow him to play it yeah. probably quite a lot right yes. um no, so no he, chopping onions for him well there's there is a bit but it happens in the we don't get to see that bit. here's one we prepared earlier <laughs> now listen to this yes so uh so that's clearly formally very different to sitting inside a giant uh tablecloth so Where, what's which venue did you get for this for jürgen we're doing it at uh, the meat market down in north melbourne great um, venue giant space uh, uh plausibly far too big for uh, an intimate meal with 18 people but yes. the 
the, the you can the, section it off and you've got material for you it. can and we don't even, well, it's true we don't even really need to though because the formal sort of idea of this highly designed piece with Jurgen as it is kind of fits that it's a nice juxtaposition with all of this architecture anyway and all those so. columns might come in handy for yeah all those old Meat rail. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful space. Not to mention the smell of blood, which is still in the cobblestones. It really f- <laughs> doesn't matter how many times it's been washed out. You remember what this place was. It's like Newmarket. You can still smell the, the lanolin from the, you know, from all the, all the sheep. Yeah. Well, um, when are these uh, things taking place? Uh, so, you, yeah, Jürgen's performing in Melbourne on uh, Thursday and Friday night. That's the 6th Ooh. and 7th, so yeah. next week. Soon. And then in Sydney the following week, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and then Yoshio's in town in March, 22nd of March. He'll be performing at uh, Wabi Sabi Salon down in Smith Street. I'll give oh, them a shout-out too. Yeah, and maybe it might, might be a good idea is um, just throw us a reminder and we'll we'll throw it out there again. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's pretty reasonable, I reckon. Um, I'm just going to watch the faces of my guest and my <laughs> producer. <laughs> Look at me, man. 80 bucks. Yeah. yeah, that's Hey, eyebrows. That's I got eyebrows. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. How do we book? Uh, quickest way for me to say on air is to go to diningroomtales.com yeah. and you'll you'll get pushed in all the right directions. Dining Room Tales. Uh, Matt will probably put a little link on that. What happens to all this information that you write down in an analogue way? Uh, well, some of it ends up on the website. Yes. Not all of it. Otherwise, it would be a bizarre sort of series of dot points that... <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, not necessarily the, with good flow. Be the right. eat it stream of consciousness. Yeah, pretty much. Quite nice. Pretty yeah. much. Especially That's when you've got the late night munchies. We you can just <laughs> tune in and see what you've all been you, up to. You get to see how Matt's mind works. Oh, God. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Um, Triplart.org.au, uh, Zan Coleman, Dining Room Tales, Jesse Gurner, um, uh, Feb Fire Fund, and also Restaurants from Relief, just as an alternative. Uh, they've done great things. Keep an eye out for events that are happening around you. We will keep an eye out ourselves and talk about things as they come up. Um, think about travelling to these areas, even places like um, uh, Beechworth, Providence, mm. uh, yeah, for instance. They, he's um, um, help me. Where's my brain gone? Who? Michael Ryan. Michael Ryan. Mm. Uh, they've actually turned the place back into a, a bistro at the moment because they've lost so many bookings. There are people hurting all over the place and. One billion animals. Hmm. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Uh, still here is on next coming up. Yes. Nice to be able to throw to them. How you doing? Uh, and also next week, it should be said, Nikki Rima from Bellotta will be talking uh, just about cooking stuff. We'll yeah. get back to just talking about food. John will be coming back from the market and talking about what we can expect. Hmm. This is a delight to talk to you. Ooh, I slurred. Let's try that again. <laughs> it's been a delight to... Uh, be with you uh, once again. Thanks again to all those who looked after it. Matt, thank you. Thank you, Cam. Guests, thank you so much. Thank you, thank Cam. Thank you, Cam. Oh, look at that. Boom. Bang on one time. One o'clock. <laughs> For once. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Still here. Thank you. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 